Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey guys, welcome to the show today. We are live in the studio today. Um, move, move some stuff around. We've got a, a nice setup today. The dogs are with me today, so hopefully they're going to stay quiet. They're all looking at me like, why is he talking to himself? Um, we got a gym full of clients right now. That's always a good thing, and we are rocking and rolling, getting the day underway. So we're going to continue our talk about our philosophy, right? Our philosophy here at the gym, which is education. Um, and before I get started... Uh, on the actual discussion today, uh, again, we're going to talk about kind of phase two of our plan. Phase two being the workup uh, part of our philosophy and strategy. But what I want to talk about, or what I want to mention right now, is if you have not seen this, you need to go check it out. It's on uh, Instagram TV, uh, on the ESPN channel. But there's a, I, I don't know if it was a 30 for 30 or if it was just a, a, a show they did talking about the evolution of the strength coach and it talked about Boyd Epley kind of being the first guy first paid strength coach um, one to really pioneer the idea of training athletes for their sport um, and uh, at Nebraska in the late 60s and you know all of us who have been collegiate strength coaches or just strength coaches in general kind of owe him a big um, a big uh, debt of gratitude because he's kind of paved the way for us all but one of the things in that video, it's towards the very end, and, and off the top of my head, I'm forgetting his name, but the, the strength coach from Oregon, uh, the guy with the big crazy mustache, um, you know, he says something kind of in passing. It wasn't like a major part of the, the interview, but he, you know, he said, you know, whether we're using linear periodization or um, undulating periodization, which are things that we both, we use both of those protocols here with our TBF class, but also and our one-on-one -on -one personal training uh, sessions. Whether we're using that, we like to use the science, uh, you know, and behind what we're doing, but we like to educate our clients or our athletes so that they know why they're doing what we're doing. And it was really neat to hear that because again, a lot of times when I talk about our philosophy, which again, if you go look on our website, it, that's exactly what our, our philosophy is. It's education. We want to help people understand the hows and whys because that's going to help them become more self-empowered and raise your self-efficacy better than any other way, in our opinion. And so when strength coaches kind of get a highlight like that, yes, it was kind of pointing out some of the eccentricities of some of the current coaches, you know, um, whether it be the Schmedium shirt or the crazy mustache. You know they're they're expressing themselves, and I think it's fun. I, I love it, and it, and it makes me miss my days in the, in the college uh, ranks. Uh, but at the same time, the the sentiment is was the same. We've been brought up in a system. I say we, Chelsea and I, and I can definitely say um, Jeff and Tony and Casey all have been brought up through a system of collegiate strength and conditioning where. Um, there's a certain way of doing things, certain way of ordering things, certain way of looking and using the science, um, but it all comes down to education. You know, it, when I say collegiate, 
strength and conditioning. That doesn't mean it doesn't work for pros. We've trained professional athletes. Tony's worked for a professional organization. Um, so we, you know, we have that experience as well, but, but the, the collegiate part of it is what I want to key into here because in college, they're still learning, right? They're, those athletes are still in class learning. It's not just, you know, they're not just there to play their sport. You know, some may argue differently, but uh, the idea is they are there to learn and they're learning in the classroom, whatever their chosen field of study is, but they're also learning in the weight room, learning how to do these things. And a lot of for, a lot of current collegiate strength coaches were former college athletes, right? Not all of them, but that's a general progression. Now, some of them go off and do different things. They get into different methodologies like bodybuilding or CrossFit or you know other things like that 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 use their talents in that in that realm. But for for me personally, and and I know Chelsea because Chelsea and I watched it together. We, we sat there and, and really enjoyed watching it and, it, and it, it it's it's those little things that help validate what we do every day. We preach these things to the masses every day, to our clients. And honestly, some of our clients love hearing about it. Some of our clients could care less. They just want to come in and get a good workout. Some of them understand it, but you know, also don't know the difference between that and a different type of training methodology, but they don't care. They trust us, they like the results, and that's all that matters. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that is what matters, that they trust us and that they're seeing results. But I love it when I see, you know, some strength coaches kind of getting the highlight like that, and then they also echo the same fundamental philosophies and principles that that Chelsea and I try to live by every day, and we've designed our entire business model around. And so that was just, it was a lot of fun for me to see. I, I, I got totally excited watching that. And um, and yeah, so that's that's something that I think you guys should go check out. I don't know the name of it. I think it was just called the evolution of the of the college football strength coach. They, they were kind of hanging around football specifically, but uh, let's be honest, those are some of the more charismatic characters that you're going to see because they're in the limelight. So I'm sure there's some other um, really fun uh, interesting characters in the strength and conditioning world training different sports. Um, unfortunately, they may not get the same limelight. But back to Upstate Performance Project. <clears throat> Drinking my Pete's brand coffee. Actually, no, today is the Harris Teeter Trader brand coffee. Um, very good. Um, so we... Uh, have our philosophy as I was describing yesterday, our wake up philosophy, where you come in, you, this is a place where you're setting your goals, where you're looking to um, learn, obviously, learn about what you're doing, learn about um, how to how you're going to approach your journey, what your goals are, what exercises you're going to do, how to start navigating around some of the, the roadblocks. And again, this could take some time. There's no there's no set amount of time like one month now you're you're into the workup phase. It could take a couple years. It could take a week. It'd probably take more than a week, but it it can take any length of time. There's no set amount of time to kind of transition from one phase or one level to the next. But generally speaking, after you've been through a set uh, a a couple of sessions or a couple of I should say um, packages, 
you know, if you signed up to do twice a week, you know, where you pay a certain amount for that package. Once you've gone through a couple of these packages, you, you should have, you know, already seen results. You should have already been taught and understood some of the principles behind what we do. And you should also have already been thinking about, okay, we've, we've reached several of our small, you know, uh, level goals. Maybe we still haven't reached the big, the biggie yet, which is losing 50 pounds or gaining 50 pounds on my bench press or whatever the goals are, but, but you were on the right direction and you can see that. But now other things start to come up. Oh, well, maybe I want to add this in there. Or maybe I want to try this or something like that. When that, when your mind starts to kind of go there and you start to really understand <clears throat> what it is that we've done, you've reached those small goals. Um, your self-efficacy has gone up. In other words, your confidence in yourself to be able to achieve your goal is now higher and stronger. And it's gonna continue to do so as long as you see results, right? So we need to push ourselves a little bit harder. So we need to <clears throat> work up. So our work up philosophy says, you know, now we're, we've had some success, you are more confident that self-efficacy has gone up. Uh, now you kind of have to think, okay, what, you, how, what am I going to do with this um, newfound strength, this newfound confidence, this newfound ability, right? Um, you are more capable and you are now capable of a wider range of activities. You know, and, and that's, that's a really fun feeling. So you might still say, nope, I'm still focused on this single goal, this big goal. And until I get there, I'm not going to think about adding in new things or doing new things. And that's totally fine as well. But when you get to this point where you're starting to have these thoughts because your, your efficacy has gone up and you move into this work up phase where you're challenging yourselves a little bit more, you're more confident and willing to max out and you're more willing to, you know, uh, push a little harder through those hard conditioning workouts because you know you can do it and, and walk away. You know, you may be a little hesitant to do it at first because you feel queasy and you don't want to throw up or you're embarrassed or you just haven't figured out how to push yourself yet or your coach hasn't, you know, properly pushed you yet. But now you've gotten to a certain point and you, and you are there and your coach has gotten you there and now you're ready for that next, that next level. That's for you physically and mentally, of course. But we mentioned yesterday that getting to that workup phase kind of mirrors our, our hope that now we bring that to the community. You are at this point a seasoned member of the Upstate Performance Project in that you've achieved some level of success, you have understood the philosophy, you've bought into what we're trying to do, and now you're an advocate for not just the Upstate Performance Project, but what the style of training that you're doing. And so when new people come in, whether it's in a class or you, you know a, a, an open gym member comes in or, or you're finishing up your session with me and my new client comes in and, and you pass each other briefly, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, it's gone great. You know, you'll love it. You, know, you start to pass that confidence on and you, you are now that walking billboard of success. Even if you haven't reached your, your end goal yet, right? You're still that, that walking billboard for us that says, 
you know, if you come in and do what we ask and, and uh, do what you need to do outside of the gym, you're gonna get, you're gonna reach your goal because we got you and we're teaching you how to do this for yourself. And the way that really manifests itself, because it's not like you're, like I said, you, you could meet new people in the gym or you, there could be new people coming to the class and you're encouraging them, but outside of the gym, remember we said, we wanna take care of the individual and then the individual help take care of the community and then the community makes the society better. Wake up, work up, move up. These are grandiose, big, large scale uh, projections here, but that's exactly what can happen. We talked about yesterday, if you don't vote, you can't make a change. And you can say, well, my vote doesn't count. My one, my one little vote, what's it gonna matter if I don't vote? Well, if too many people say that, it does matter. If too many people say, I'm not gonna get in shape, I don't, you know, what's me getting in shape gonna do for the rest of the world? Well, if enough people say that, boom, how do you think we get to 70% of our population of being overweight? Now, yes, there are some, some, some systemic things in place, you know, corporations and fast foods and, you know, things like that that don't make it easy on us. And that's very true, but that's in a whole nother podcast. But the idea is we can't, do anything about it if we don't take this um, seriously and if we don't um, try to change what's going on within yourself. So once you've done that and you've had some success and you've had that uh, that that uh, bump in your self-efficacy, now you're ready to step out and, and help the community grow. And you do that not necessarily by setting out on a, on a, on a mission and setting up a tent and you know, handing out information on exercise, that's not necessarily what we mean, although that would be cool, right? But it's, people see your confidence in the in the workplace and people are asking, well, you've been, you know, really bubbly lately or I've seen you, you just seem like have a lot more energy or you're more alive or it seems like you guys are always going hiking now on the weekends. You know, you, I just never knew you were into that. And again, that's your opportunity to say, well, it's because of this. It's because I've been doing this. And I feel better now. I feel more confident. I was always scared to go hiking because I didn't want to get to the top of the hill and be too tired to get down. Right? I was scared I was going to fall because my knees were weak or, or whatever. Now that's gone. Now I can go hiking. Now I'm I'm living life, right? And that's our big mantra. We say all the time: we train to live. We don't live to train. Hitting huge PRs is awesome, and that's good to help track your progress. And it's good to have a measure of, of where you're at, but that does not define you, and nor should it. I was talking to someone this morning, if I told you I could bench press 300 pounds, which I can't, but if I told people I could, and, 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 I, and I could, okay, great. I mean, that no one's going to be all of a sudden say, you know what, my opinion of Pete has totally changed. He is a lot stronger than I thought he was, and therefore I value him a lot more. That's not how that works. It's great and they might they might appreciate it. They might be into fitness enough to know that, well, that's a pretty darn good bench press. Okay? But that that doesn't define me. I don't want to be walking around saying, Pete's the strong guy, or Pete's the guy who can bench press 300 pounds, or whatever. I mean, yeah, if people know that I can do these things, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not who Pete is. There's a lot more to Pete. There's a lot more to you than what your PRs are in the gym. So we wanna hit PRs. They are good, I'm not downplaying that at all. 
I want to get after it. I want to be intense. I want to push things hard in the weight room. And I want you to have success, you know, on the platform, success, you know, pushing the sled, doing the box jumps, doing all these things. I want that for you. But it's what are you going to do with those newfound abilities? I'm going to enjoy biking more. I'm going to enjoy hiking more. I'm going to enjoy getting outside and doing more yard work. I'm going to enjoy playing with my kids. I'm going to enjoy playing a rec league basketball season or whatever. You know, there's there's so many things that you can do now, right? So many more things that you're capable of or at least have the confidence to go try. And so if people don't notice you doing that right off, they're eventually going to notice that or you're going to invite people to come with you because now you're enjoying this whole hiking thing and hey, yeah, come with me. You got to you got to come do this. It's great. Now more more people do it and that's how we impact the community. More people getting out and being active and more people getting out and, and, and um, living their lifestyles and having their self-efficacy being raised because they're recognizing their ability to, excuse me, uh, actually reach their goals and reach their potential. And that's what we want. That's how we are going to change society. Because you are more capable overall, and, and you probably are more confident because of that. And it's, it's again, may not be direct, it could be indirect um, influence, you know, like people may see you do this, or people may, um, you know, ask you what you've been doing, or maybe you, got, you seem happier. And again, that's your chance, you don't have to all of a sudden go into sales pitch mode, or be preachy about it, but you can just tell them, yeah, no, I... I've always wanted to do that kind of stuff, but I never really felt I could, or I was always scared. But you know, I've been, I've been working at it, and I've been doing it the right way. I've had a great teacher over at Upstate Performance Project, and I just feel a lot better. But the other thing is, and this is the, this is where I think uh, it's also um, what a lot of gyms are doing right now to 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 really help this is the community aspect. You're gonna make more connections. You might step into a gym, and even if you're confident, or even if you you know jump right in and, and uh, work hard right off the bat, or not scared to work hard, you may, may not know everybody. You may not know the gym dynamic, you may not know the personalities, but you get to know these people, and, they're, and you gain these connections, and the more connections you have could lead to friendships, could lead to other opportunities, you know, for activity outside of the gym. It could lead to just a new friendship, who knows? But again, these connections, these positive connections, these meetings between other people that have a positive vibe to them only help the community grow stronger. Even if it starts small with a few people in one little gym, it, it goes and grows to other places that, that will eventually seep out into other peripheral people in your life indirectly or directly. And again, that's the whole point of workup. So, you know, you've got things like CrossFit, you know, they preach the community a lot. These, all these boot camp style gyms that you see popping up, you know, these group fitness places. Uh, you know, I may not, I may not love all of the workout styles or I might think there are some limitations to some of those. Again, if it's getting people out and active and building that community of positive, healthy attitudes, 
and making people more capable, then then uh, I'm all for it, right? And I think that's a huge piece. And so we don't do huge, big group classes. You know, that's not what we do here. We do have group classes, but they're relatively small on purpose. Even when we had a much bigger space, we, we kept them small so that we could give that individualized attention within the group setting. But the point is, we still build the community. We still try to do events. We try to do things to bring people together so the morning people can get to know the evening people. And, and um, you know, even our coaches need, need to interact. Uh, you know, some people come in early, some people come in late. They don't always see each other every day. You know, Chelsea and I get to see everybody every day, but not, not all of our staff. And so that's good to do these mixers or good to do these things. And, and this community you build, you know, builds these friendships and you, you hang out outside of the gym and it spills over. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating myself, talking in circles here, but it's that community aspect that we really like. And that's the workup phase of what we do. You come in, you get a little success, you, you wake up, you learn what to do, learn how you're going to do it. Then once you've had a little success, now you, you, you're trying to start something else. You're setting loftier goals, working towards some of your bigger goals. You have more confidence to try things inside and outside of the gym. And people are noticing it, and that's having a, a positive impact on the people around you. And that helps build the community. So tomorrow we're going to go into how this goes to the um, society as a whole when we talk about moving up the final stage of our progression here. And as I said at the top of the podcast, there's no set time limit for moving along in this journey. And even when you hit the move up phase, that does not mean you're done. But I'll, I'll be more specific on that tomorrow. So before I finish today, um, before I wrap it up, Two, two quick things. One, I'm reviewing our philosophy because, again, self-reflection, as I've been talking about, is so important to know where you've been, where you've been, what you've been doing, where you want to go, and how good of a job you've been doing needs to be assessed. And, and um, again, I, I told you yesterday, I, I start whenever I evaluate myself in what I is what. Are the programs I'm writing, let's put it that way, uh, fulfilling the promise I'm giving to my clients and serving their needs and serving the mission and philosophy of the Upstate Performance Project? And and if so, do I need to change the programs or do I need to change my philosophy? And I told you yesterday, absolutely not am I changing my philosophy. I totally believe in this. This is exactly what we've wanted to do since day one. And we love what we're doing and we're proud of what we've been doing. And I really believe our mission and philosophy is what is driving us to succeed. You know, we're not rich millionaires because of this gym. I'm not saying we won't be. I, I think we probably will be at some point. But I, I, I know the guiding force that's going to be the same in 10 years is the same in day one. Is that philosophy that has shaped who we are and how we do what we do and as I mentioned yesterday the stars aligned when when Chelsea kind of came up with the the tagline and how it worked so well with the thoughts of what what I envisioned on doing for the gym and the big grandiose uh, ideas 
Anyhow, I'm very excited, you know, to be sharing this again. I've written about this many times. I've talked about it in other podcasts and in Instagram TV episodes, but it's something that's I'm I'm more than passionate about. It's something that we truly live by here. And it's good for me to re-examine this for myself. Because I don't think I ever forget it. And I don't think I ever stray away necessarily. But I, I do think it's good for me to reread this and get that vigor again. Get that, that boost of, yeah, 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 yeah. This is totally, I love this stuff. And it may sound a little bit, um, I don't want to say arrogant. Because it's, it's our gym. But I, I think you should be really passionate about what you're doing and what you're putting out there. If you don't believe 100% in what you're putting out there and promoting, then change that. Right? Now, I'm going to uh, do a small little rant here. And uh, I don't do these very often, and I, and I don't love uh, picking on people or picking on things. Uh, I just do think there's some some points in time and some things that need to be said or at least addressed, thrown out there. Food for thought. As you know, I don't name names, and as you know, I don't. I'm not trying to jump into the tabloid style um, uh, uh, internet trainer fodder that's out there. I, it's not really my scene, and I, I do watch a lot of that stuff as entertainment and some of it does trigger me like like today so watching a couple videos uh over the last couple days you know there's there's been some trainers that i do think have the right idea there that i do think have great intentions and again you don't always agree with everything everybody says but i think there's some respectable people out there let's say that and we know one of them says he doesn't like it when people uh, you know, are aiming to deceive you. And he was talking about a, a trainer he saw that's got a PhD in you know exercise physiology and has been putting out supplements for years and everything is really a thin, thinly veiled plan to sell his supplements. You know, his actual training and coaching knowledge doesn't necessarily seem all that great. It's everything comes back to supplement his supplement line or his training program that he's put out. It's all a clever, cleverly or not so cleverly disguised advertisement for his programs, whatever his you know video tips are. And there's nothing wrong with using these kind of videos to sell your programs, but to speak on things and to do things that are not in alignment with what you actually know to be true just to sell a product, that's where, rightly so, people should be outraged. And, and it, it's just happening so much. You know, I keep seeing these posts where, um, saw one again today by this same guy who I've just been really frustrated with because, again, it's another PhD guy, an exercise science PhD guy. And, um, putting out really crappy information and or some of it may be decent information, but he's putting it in a way to try to make you think he has invented something that we've all been doing in the strength and conditioning world for 30, 40 years. 
and, and he's rebranding it his himself. And again, with the uh, so I mean, with the intent of having you, the reader, think he came up with this and he invented this, and this is a new thing to increase his credibility. Which, what he's saying may not be incorrect, but it's the way he's he's trying to say he came up with this or he invented this or whatever the case is. And, and it's just it's disingenuous to, to say the least. And for me personally, it's one of those, um, I guess, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, the, the moral or ethical um, standards that, that I try to hold myself to. And so when other people don't, I get a little frustrated. And it's not that I'm jealous that they have more followers than me or, or anything like that. What I get frustrated about and why I get frustrated with is, is probably something that a lot of people don't realize. Um, and, and some of you will, will, will recognize this or, or remember this, but a few years ago, and I'm going back to maybe 2010, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that range or over that entire range. There was a big backlash against exercise science because there were a lot of people that were coming out as expert coaches who had exercise science degrees, master's degrees, bachelor's degrees, doctorates. They were putting out information where they themselves may or may not have been an elite lifter and there were some elite lifters who didn't have the formal education kind of scoffing at these you know, science nerds saying, oh, you really haven't put in the time. You exercise science people think you know everything, but you haven't done it yourself, or you haven't coached someone to this level. So therefore, you can talk about theory all you want, but until you put it into practice, you know, don't talk to me. And that, that mentality was, was big for a while, and to the point where if you, if you came out and said, yeah, I have an exercise science degree, automatically people are like, okay, this is gonna be some guy who thinks he's a know-it-all and tells me what to do even if he's never done it before. And yes, I'm sure there were a lot of people that were like that. But I can tell you, when I was at Ottawa University, that's right around the time I, I uh, was teaching there, the uh, head athletic trainer, uh, Jen Rayburn, who was a very staunch um, supporter of exercise science and the value of exercise science and doing things scientifically, looking at the research, using the research to make good uh, training protocols for her athletic training needs. And she did have her CSCS as well. And, and um, prior to me getting, going there, you know, gave, gave out a lot of strength and conditioning advice as well, right? Um, and, and so her and I really put our heads together to see what can we do in our labs? What can we do to have our graduates have more hands-on experience? We were a very small school. We didn't have you know, huge, huge labs, exercise phys labs to do crazy stuff, but we had some things we could do and we could make sure that our athletes, I say our athletes, pardon me, our, our students um, have this experience, more hands-on experience. And that was, she was the curriculum uh, um, writer. So she, she um, 
and I put together these ideas and you know, she, she wanted her students to be able to complete these things and then I was the one in the classroom teaching them and making sure that they were getting these things done and, and it worked out really well because we believed that the exercise science world was getting a bad rap. But we understood what some of those people who were out there doing it, maybe without the degrees, we understood what they meant. And they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong because you do have to experience it. You don't have to be the best lifter. I'm not the strongest guy even in my own gym. I'm not the fastest guy. But the, the point is I'm not trying to be and I don't have to be to be the most knowledgeable about this topic. And that's not to say that, that's not some excuse to say, oh, well, that's why I don't lift. No, I definitely think you should be lifting. I definitely think if you are preaching this and doing this for a living, you should darn well be doing it yourself. And yes, it would be even better if you were somewhat proficient at it, right? So yes, I do think um, I should, you know, look the part and I should act the part. But again, that doesn't mean I have to be elite level or that Chelsea has to be elite level, although she is, clearly. But the point I'm trying to make is uh, Jen Rayburn and I saw the criticism that the exercise science community was getting and we wanted to say, you know what, they, they are kind of right here. They're not getting enough practical experience, enough hands-on experience. They need to go out and do it. Even if they had no, some of these students have no desire to be uh, an elite level lifter or even cared about what they could max on lifts. They needed to get out there and feel what it was like to max and feel what it's like to push themselves in these metabolic conditioning workouts. They needed to feel that while they were in school so that while we're teaching these principles, they also felt it. And we were, we were really proud of what we came up with and how that program progressed. So fast forward to nowadays, you're getting people putting things out there who have these advanced degrees and also at least look like they appear, you know, they have muscle and they appear like they can, can perform at a high level. And maybe they can. And is it what they are doing that got them to that level? Or are they using their look and their strength to then sell a program that they are making up, whether it's an effective program or not. And that unfortunately seems to be a lot of the case. And that's the frustrating part because it sets us back so far. It gives the exercise science community a bad name and puts a sour taste in people's mouths when these people are trying to sell you this program that doesn't, it's not that it doesn't work, but it's not what they're saying they're doing. So let me give you an example. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to call too many people out here, but back in, the, uh, back in the day, there was a program, and I won't name the program, but you guys will know exactly what I'm talking about. They, they, this program used the term muscle confusion. You got to confuse the muscles. You got to keep the muscles guessing so that way they never, they never settle. They're always progressing. They're always getting better. Well... If you've heard me talk at all over the last couple years, you've heard me talk about the nine principles of personal training, one of which is variety. 
So muscle confusion is just another way of saying variety. You have to provide different stimulus to the muscle in order to get it to grow. Uh, that That's something we've known for a very long time. And calling it muscle confusion makes it sound sexy and cool and like, oh my God, that's crazy. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, you gotta stay confused. And those kind of things then come into the normal lexicon. So you hear people, average gym goers, talking with each other like, yeah, no, I like to do this on this day and this this on the days. Because, you know, you, you want to keep the muscles confused. You know, you, you got to keep them guessing. And they're quoting a reputable, quasi-reputable trainer. And, you know, again, they may not be wrong in theory, but they, and, and it's, it's, it's okay that they learned it as muscle confusion and not variety. I don't necessarily think that that, in itself is bad it's the fact that this person was using this muscle confusion to sell his program he was renaming variety which is a common word uh, as his own development and contribution and innovation to the fitness world there's a new one now throwing out a lot of things called <laughs> eccentric isometrics well we've been doing tempo work and pause squats and pause reps for as long, way before I was even thinking about being a strength coach. And I've been in the game a long time. So to call it something else, which basically you're calling it by the technical definition. You know, a tempo lift would be, you know, slow eccentrics. Could be slow concentric as well, but a slow eccentric movement followed by, um, you know, negative training, uh, followed by isometrics, a hold or a pause. Again, this is not new stuff. And to rebrand it and rename it that way as a new system that you developed is unethical and it, and it, and it gets people to buy your program, yes, and maybe you're successful, yes. And I don't begrudge you having success, but come on, let's be honest. Let's not call something you know, it, it, it'd be like if I took the, the term progressive overload and I, I'm, I can't think of something off the top of my head, but called it like, um, you know, uh, oh gosh, I can't think, but renamed that, um, you know, to something sounding cool and, and sexy, like uh, instead of the overload principle or, or progressive overload, you know, it's like um, tension increase or increase in tension. Nah, that's not a good one. But I, I can't think of something off the top of my head. But if but you get the point. If I if I did something like that, came up with a, a fun name that was basically progressive overload, but it sounded different. And when I talked about it, I basically was defining progressive overload, but I was using this other term and it sounds right because it is right. I'm just renaming it. And people are like, oh wow. I've never thought, oh wow. That might grab attention, right? And then people are gonna look at my stuff and they're gonna follow my stuff and they might even get results with my stuff. But they're not, but I, I intentionally deceived them by calling something a very that we have a common name for and try to make it as if I came up with it. And that's wrong. That's just flat wrong. Even if the information you say is factually correct, to deceive people like that is what's wrong. And that's what some of the other videos I saw this week were, were talking about. They, they, they weren't saying that this guy's giving bad information. They were just saying he's trying to claim that he's invented something or he's doing something innovative or different. 
to sell a program. And when you're trying to fleece people for money by renaming an existing protocol that's been done for a long, long time is unethical. And it gives that's the kind of stuff that gives the exercise science folks a bad name sometimes. And when I've worked my entire life in the exercise science field, I've done everything there is to do in exercise science. I've been in the lab doing research clinical stuff. I've worked in physical therapy clinics. I've worked as an athletic trainer, a wellness coordinator, a corporate um, wellness director, college strength coach, college professor. Now I own my own gym. I've seen every facet. And trust me, everything that I do has been influenced or by someone or something or a book I read. I haven't invented a single exercise in my 20 year career. And, and I probably won't. I, I hope to have good insight with the information that I've gathered in the trial and error that I've done on myself and that I've done with my clients to have a pretty good idea of what will work in, 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 what situ, in a certain situation. And that's how I can be effective. And I can be effective also by making sure that my clients are consistent, have the right information, and enjoy what they're doing. You don't have to invent something. It's cool if you do. And I'm not saying don't go try to invent something. Sure, push the boundaries. We've got to push the boundaries to, to progress as a profession. So yes, there's going to probably be something in 10 years that I can't even think about right now that's going to change the game. And I, that's going to be awesome. And I'd be willing to change with it. But at the same time, you can't necessarily just make something, take something that's already been there, rebrand it, rename it, and call it your own. Not cool. And if I've misrepresented what I'm seeing, if I haven't done enough research into the, the terms I've been using or, or quoting as unethical, then I'll apologize now. Maybe I need to read a little bit more before I just go on a rant, but I've just, I'm calling it as I see it. This is, you know, for all intents and purposes, a reaction, you know, uh, and not, not even trying to slam this particular person, just trying to say, when you work hard and you put, you try to put out quality information and you try to steer people in the right direction and someone comes in and, and seems seemingly, we'll just put it that way, this is my opinion, seemingly uh, puts things, you know, kind of cringeworthy, you know, puts exercise science in a, in a like, uh, I don't know, it, 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 it triggers me. And, and again, I'll apologize if I have unfairly critiqued someone by not doing all the proper research. So that being said, be authentic, be yourself, and be positive. I will see you tomorrow for our move up segment.